Hello, everyone. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for coming to A Turn of Events, where we help put a positive spin on the future of your business. I'm Annette Naif, the CEO and Creative Director of Naif Productions. We are a strategic event production company based in New York City, although we do events all over the world. Uh, we specialize in corporate, social, nonprofit, and weddings, which is pretty much everything. We have been doing so many events, which is why I haven't really been on the last few months. Um, and then we had a little bit of a, a, a storm that came in and one of my speakers, their, a tree fell on their house. So it was one of those things. And then my dad was sick. So here we are. I'm really excited to be here. If you are looking to start your own event business, wedding or event business, join me over at our uh, Facebook group, which is Event Planner Society. Only for wedding and event planners. We love our vendors, but we are there to support the wedding and event planners. And I'm going to be doing a live workshop coming up soon. Uh, we have in two weeks my last event for the year, which I'm really excited about because I need a break. It's been back to back, but I am going to be doing a free workshop. I know that a lot of people in that group are looking to uh, learn some things, how to price themselves, how to talk to clients, marketing, how to get clients, all kinds of great stuff. So uh, join us over there. And if you are looking to do a live virtual or hybrid event, please reach out. We are, we do actually have a, a virtual event tonight. So we're still doing virtual. Most people are doing live. Uh, what's happening is that you are, a lot of our clients are wanting everyone to be vaccinated. So that's a whole nother ball game. It's very difficult because some of our vendors aren't vaccinated. And so we have to, it's a lot of work. So we talk a lot about that a lot in our um, Facebook group. So join me over there, Event Planner Society. And my next guest, which is really, really great, we're going to talk about automating your business. It's a lot easier than you think, which is really important because running a business is super duper hard. It's just as hard as doing events and anything that you're going to do. So Rich Snitzel, which I love his last name, he is owns and operates a done-for-you automation company helping six-figure entrepreneurs build the automation they need to scale their business to seven figures and beyond. He teaches entrepreneurs how to level up their business through the power of technology using authenticious, and I practice that word, so I would get it right, automation, a framework for capitalizing on all the benefits of automation without the negative. So we are excited. Rich, there we go. How are you? I am doing well. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much. It's been so long since I've done that intro. So <laughs> like... Wait, what do I say? I forget. It's been so long. So I'm excited to do this again. Thank you for being here. Uh, you're very welcome. Yeah. Where are you located? Uh, I'm located in Connecticut, so not quite oh. far from you. All right. So we're close. I'm actually in Tom's River right now. I okay. Half of my time, I'm in Tom's River and half the time I'm in the city. Um, so yes, Connecticut's great. Love Connecticut. Okay, great. So let's get started. Let's jump right in. So how do you simplify your business to five steps? So this came out of a realization for me that I was trying to think about how I can help people get rid of the clutter in their business. You know, that a lot of times we sit down and we start thinking about things and very quickly we get veered off in all these different directions and, you know, thinking about the way that because I talk to so many differences or so many businesses all the time, what are the commonalities between them? 
And so I came up with five different things that we all do, regardless of whether you're a service provider, whether you have a physical product, whatever it is, right. you go through five things. So those are, you get in a lead, you make a sale to that lead, you onboard them, right? Both onboarding them into your user experience and onboarding them into your company. So your employees can do what they need to do. Right. And then you deliver the product, whatever it is you're selling, you give that to them. Right. And then you offboard them, right? You give them an opportunity to buy from you again. You help them understand how they can stay connected with you, whatever that looks like for you. But at the best 30,000 foot view, you can boil a business down to those steps every time. And then you can start layering in the magic of what it is that makes you, you, and what makes your business right. so unique and you know, special to the right client for you. Right, right. You know, it's funny because... I run an event business, as you know, and systems are gigantic in my business. If I don't have systems, I can't run 10, 15, 20 events a year. So, but you should have the systems in place for the business as well, which is tricky because you're, you're, you know, you're, there's so many things and you're at different stages all the time. So, you know, it's, it's just kind of a tricky thing. So, um, do you have like a system in place? Like uh, I know, um, what does it look like? What's, what does good automation look like? Yeah, so good automation should always solve two problems. One, it should make something quicker, right? Which I think is where most people start with when automation. When we think about automation, we're always thought, yeah. thinking about like, oh, this can get done faster. This can be done a little bit better. It's going to take right. me, you know a minute to do this instead of 10, or I'm not even gonna have to worry about this. This is just gonna get done automatically. Yeah. But the second piece, which is for me, the more important piece is it should also improve the efficacy of what we're automating. A lot of times we just think about wanting to do it quicker, getting it done faster. But if adding automation to something is a negative, then it's not good automation. Uh, a common issue would be phone trees and getting stuck in the like, press one for this, press two for this. Well, yeah. none of those work, press zero. Oh, oh, like yeah. back to the beginning, right? That's bad automation. Yes, it makes yeah. things faster yeah. for the company, right? It's much easier for right. people to, the company to deal with that, but their, their efficacy isn't going up with that process. Right. So for me, when I'm thinking about automation and talking with somebody and figuring out what we're supposed to be building for them, I always have those two thoughts in the back of my mind. Are we making this quicker? But more importantly, are we making this better? Yeah. And that is the challenging part of this because it is going to be unique for you and your business. Yeah. It, you are, you're going to have to make your own personal decision that if I tell you, yes, we can automate these six steps and this is going to be the outcome, you need a framework and an understanding of your business and the operations, which is you know why those five steps are so important that you can tell yourself, yes, okay, this is going to improve the efficacy and trust that. A lot of times we, we, it's a black box to us. It's like, okay, it's possible, but I'm just kind of having blind faith here. Right. Uh, so trying to put that litmus test to it so that you can really go in with your eyes open and trust your your instincts, right? Trust yeah. your decisions around building automation, which is uh, sometimes a, a problem. Yeah, yeah. So we created a list. So we have a list like when 
you speak to the client, what do you do at, after the next mm -hmm. step until they're on? And then once I usually do all the contracts and hand it over to the event manager, and then they take it on and go from there. And then there's a list from there as well. So I, I've been doing this for so long now, I kind of, I don't need a list, but in the beginning, when you're starting your business, cause I'm 12 years in at the beginning, I wasn't sure what the process was, right? And, you know, what do you do each day and what, you, what the billing, all the, you know, all the stuff that goes into running the business and, you know, trying to calendar out stuff that I do, which is the only way I can do it. And a lot of times it doesn't work because I have like clients want to be speaking, you know, when you have events coming up, I have to move things all the time and I have to speak to clients. So uh, we just try to, you know, but everything goes in my calendar. I don't care yeah. what it is. It all goes in my calendar and I make a list of everything because it's, it's really, really yeah. important. So. I, you know, I think having those lists and setting expectations, especially before you start the process, not yeah. during the process is right. really important right. because you will, if you don't have it written down and have something to go back to, to say like, okay, this is what I decided was the truth when I wasn't in the thick of it, when I didn't have something due in five minutes and I'm trying to get it done, what is my truth? If you don't have that to test yourself, right? you will not follow your original plan because you know, it's uh, it's called get there-itis a lot of times, right? It's like, yeah. I, I just have to get there. I don't care how I do it. Yeah. I just have to get to the next point and then I'll figure it out. Right. And right. the right. best way to solve that is to you know, go in with these ideas and this framework of like, okay, this is if it doesn't fit this, I, that's a hard stopping point. I can't go past this. If I go past this, right. it has to be after I've removed myself and I've rethought, okay, maybe that's the wrong way to go in. But in that moment, you need to have something that you can stick to. Right, right. And so how do you handle employee pushback uh, when automating your business? Yeah, it, it's definitely a, a common concern for a lot of people, right? We, we've all either heard or possibly experienced horror stories of our own, right? Of, of somebody coming in uh, yeah. you know, and saying, okay, we're going to do this, this, and this, and this. And you go, all right, well, cool. But do you realize you've just you know, made a whole bunch of work for me or yeah. the fear of, oh, you've just automated 30% of my job. Am I going to have a job? Maybe I'm hourly. Do I now, am I going from 40 hours to 32? And now I can't make my my ends meet because you know you're automating yeah. away what I'm doing. Yeah. So to me, employee pushback is validating those concerns if you're employees by introducing them into this automation process early on. Right? Don't work through everything and then on your Monday morning call with everybody say like, okay, team, I've been building this for the past month. This is all the stuff that's changed. This is the new way of doing everything. Have yeah. fun and go run with it, right? Yeah. Involve them early on in the process and understand that the way that you are coming at this is not going to be the way that they are coming at this, right? They they have a different viewpoint. So having a conversation with them and helping them understand, look, you know, yes, I'm automating 30% of your job, but I'm doing this because you're running at 40 hours right now. And my goal is to grow our company 40% over the next six months. If we grow 40%, you are going to be doing 60 hours a week. Right. And you're probably going to quit on me in three months because you never see your family and you don't have any life out of work and you're just tearing your hair out all day long. So I'm doing this because I have a plan for you and I want you to be living in your zone of genius, right? I hired you to do 
probably a list of five things originally, and now you're probably doing 10 because you're amazing, right? <laughs> I want you to get back to those initial five because that's what you really need to be doing. Right. And I need you to have more time to be doing those. So I'm going to automate out those five that just happened to be a need of the business at some point. Turned out you were really great at it. So you kept doing it, right? So right. bring them in, let them give you feedback. Hey, this is what I'm trying to do. This is what the process is going to be like. Is there anything you'd like to tweak about this process now that we're having this conversation, right? We've been doing this for a year. It works, but now's the opportunity. What are your thoughts, right? Involve right. them in this. This is not a, a process that you do behind closed doors. It has to be involved with people. It has to have conversations because if you don't, it, that's what results in not improving the efficacy when you roll it out, right? Yeah. That's, that's what you do when you go, oh, this is great. And then everybody does it for a week because they have to. And then we they don't do it or the processes just, just created one problem by solving another one. You, you're robbing to, from Peter to pay Paul right. it, by adding automation. So yeah. yeah. So we, I have certain things that have to be done. So we have a Google Docs, our systems, and we have a Dropbox and certain things go in those. And we that's a system that has to be followed. It's part of it. But if there are other ways to do things that I always tell somebody when they first start working with me, if there's a better way for you to do it and it's better for you and it works better for you, let's talk about it and I'll make sure that it fits. It's not going to disrupt all the other systems that I have in place. So whatever, you know, anything else that's automated. So I always give them the option because everybody works differently. Mm -hmm. You know, I, everybody works differently. So I always um, will give that option for them to be able to, you know, talk to me about a system that I have in place. We, my system in place for so long now that it doesn't, it, it seems to be, you know, everybody's kind of following it. And a lot of times they're learning. So they'll follow the system before they know it, they get it. So I think mm -hmm. at the beginning of an automated system, you are a little reluctant because you're not sure, you know, you don't know the rhythm of the system. So eventually, just like anything, we get familiar with things and, and it works out. So, um, but I always allow um, my team to tell me if it's, you know, if there's a better way to do it. Like a lot of times, because we are a virtual company, which is, you know, always been that way, even before COVID, um, Sometimes I have people who are local in New York come to the office on Mondays and we meet because every Monday I meet with my team, but um, they, um, where was I going with that? I totally forgot. Um, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going somewhere good with that. I forgot, but um, yeah, so virtual. So, you know, it's just yeah. a, different, it's a different way of doing things. And, oh, if they want to work like late at night, if they're better working at night, because a lot of them have kids. Right. And so they're with their kids during the day and they're working at night. I don't care when they do the work, as long as the work is done and it's getting done on a timely manner of like coming up to an event or things like that. So when it comes to what times that they work and stuff like that, um, we don't set that sort of thing. We're not like a, you know, this is not a business where we're nine to five. It's right. just, we're like all over the place when it does, when you're doing events. Yeah. I, you know, I think it's one of the, the biggest growth points that we have as entrepreneurs is, you know, those there's moments where you can start letting go of your baby. Yeah. Right? You know, this thing that you created yeah. when you, we start out, we're usually alone. Maybe you have a, an assistant, but it's really small. You're doing all of the work because you're figuring out what's going on mm -hmm. and you have all of these ideas. And then as you start to grow, when you start to build systems, it, those initial 
moments of being like, no, it has to be done this way. Cause I've done it like this. This is how I grew my business. If we change this, uh, you know, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm scared. And being able to be like, okay, yeah. right. Like you, I hired you because I think you're great and I need you to do this thing and you're better at it than I am. So how do you want to do this? Because yeah. I was doing it my way, which worked, but it worked for me. Like you said, you know, everybody works a little bit differently. Different. So, uh, yeah. I'm all about delegating. Like I love to delegate. <laughs> I don't have to do it all. I cannot possibly do it all. And mm -hmm. I am good at delegating. And I think that's a really, really important thing. If you are running a business to not try to micromanage, it's the worst. I had bosses that did it and it was oh, not it's terrible. Cool. It's yeah. horrible and it's not good for anybody. It's not good for you. It's not good for the employees mm -hmm. or the contractors or whoever it is. Um, it's just not good. And, um, you know, you're, you'll be more successful if you delegate because then you can focus on doing other things in the business and growing the business and giving work out to other people. So um, I love to delegate. I'm like, bring on more. <laughs> I know when I first started, I was like, when do I hire somebody? Cause I'm ready. I was like, you know, a few months in and I was ready. I had been in the corporate world for, you know, many years. So I was, and I was in the management side of it. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I was used to having people working with me. I wouldn't say for me, but they worked with me. And so, you know, you manage that. So that did help. Um, I had no clue how to run the business. Uh, you know, I do coach wedding and event planners, right. as I said, on how to start a business and how to run the business. And I had no clue. So, and we still, you know, you still fumble along the way, even with all the years I've been doing this over 30 years and the, you know, 12 years I've been doing it, you still learn all the time yes. especially with the, you know, the way things are with COVID and, you know, I mean, I was using zoom way before anybody <laughs> knew what zoom was. So I didn't, I was lucky. I didn't have to, you know, pivot as they said, I hated that word. I still hate that word, but um, I didn't have to do any of that stuff. I was already in place, but it's, it was a big shocker for everybody. So everybody's yeah. in different automation right now, you know? Right? Yeah. It's one of my favorite things about entrepreneurship. You always learn. It's always interesting. It's always changing. You're always, yep. you know, growing yourself to the next level. Yeah. So even if you figure out your business at $200,000, you get to yeah. half a million and it's a new world. It's a new reality. Really and you're always reinventing. Level. It's yeah. amazing. You know, if you've got yeah. that need, it, there's no other place to get that fixed. Yeah. Right. You know, well, it's true with events too. If you didn't get into virtual, when it happened, mm -hmm. like, you know, you, I know I have unfortunately many colleagues who didn't make it because they just figured I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to do right. live events and that's all I do. Mm -hmm. Now, listen, virtual events aren't that fun. They're they're <laughs> they, You can make money, but it's not like I'm a live event producer. It's not anything like that. It's totally different, but it's still, you're still making a difference. We do a lot mm -hmm. of fundraising events and a lot of our fundraisers did do virtual events last year or you know year before i we're getting so far into this covid thing now it's been a couple of years almost but we did it and thank god i just kept i just kept i figured it out i you know mm -hmm. i talked to my av team and we had a plan and um we just started you know coaching people on how to take their live to a virtual which we still do and um but it's uh it, you know it's definitely a different world so if you didn't you've got to be able to shift your business with what's happening right around you. If something, yeah. otherwise, you know, it, you could, it could close down just like many of my event planning colleagues did, which I'm so sad about. 
But um, so what does a business owner need to know if they are thinking about automating their business? Yeah, so I'd say a couple things. You know, one, if this is your first time starting to automate your business, it's going to feel a little bit like trying to ride up a, a bike up a hill when you start. It's it's not something that comes naturally to a lot of us. It's a little bit different way of thinking, and it's a different way of interacting with your business. So, you know, remember, it's going to be exactly like those shift points that you've already experienced in your business. It sounds amazing. It is amazing, but it's not something where you can decide on Monday that, hey, I'm going to automate my business. And by Friday, everything's smooth. It's working amazing. Right. So understand going in that this is not a silver bullet. It yeah. works, but it takes time to get it right. And you need to go through the process to do it. Yeah. The second aspect that you need to know is that because of the way that we think about automation a lot of times, because the examples that we have in life are, you know, are Alexa being able to do all these amazing things, or we look at manufacturing where you manufacture an entire production process. Mm -hmm. Our scope for automation starts really wide. And when you're starting to automate your business, you need to shrink that down. Mm -hmm. And so you need to look at your business. And the first thing you do is you create goalposts for what you're trying to work on, right? What is the thing that's happening in my business that's necessitating a whole bunch of stuff to happen that creates some outcome, right? right? And then make that as simple as you know, I have a lead submit a form and I need to add them to my email marketing automation so they get whatever the form said they'd get. And I need to add them to my CRM so that my sales team can follow up with them in three days and you know, yeah. continue the sales process, right? It's, think of it like a Lego, right? If I can build an Eiffel Tower at 132nd scale with Legos, right. but I build those with 30,000 blocks of Legos. So you're taking one piece of the puzzle and connecting it connecting the next one and the next one and the next one. And we right. do that by setting those goalposts so that we don't wander, right? Because we feel like kids in candy stores when we start to talk about the possibilities of our business, we get excited. We go like, oh, if I could do this, that would be really cool. And then if that happened, I can do this. And then if that, right? and then all of a sudden we're turned on around 180 degrees because we followed all these cool ideas that we want. So set your goalposts so that you can go, okay, is this relevant to this process that I'm trying to automate? Yes or no? If it is, cool, great great information. If no, write it down so you can come back to it. Keeps you nice and focused in on what you're going, trying to do. And then pull those goal posts in and make it simple. You don't have to tackle your entire business in one week. You won't. Yeah. I, I, to go through a business, I work with somebody for four months. Right? Yeah. That's almost, four months is a long time, but it's that long because there are so many moving parts and you're not going to sit down and understand everything all at once. You have to start smaller, start with things that you understand and use the momentum of using that process to grow to the entire business, right? If you start, you hear the phrase a lot, 1% better every day, Yeah. right? It's 1% better. Find that one or 2% change that you can make in your business through automation and keep making that change. And then at the end of a couple months, you can look back and you go, oh my God, I can now increase my sales by 25% because I've automated so much of my business just by doing that 1% every day and continuing to think through the process.
Yeah. So you got me thinking. So usually around the end of the year, like December, because I'm I don't do a lot of holiday parties, which is funny. Um, I just it is it's it is what it is. And so December, I take some time and I reevaluate like what the systems were, what, you know, what can we change, what worked this year, what was dip, like all kinds of stuff. So you have me thinking, how often should you be reassessing? It depends a little bit on the business, but I recommend about six months. You can go a little bit shorter if you've got a lot of change going on in your business. Maybe that needs to be more around four months. Mm -hmm. If you're really stable, you know, you're not in big growth mode, you're really happy with where your business is, maybe that can move out to nine months. Yeah. But the average is about six months where you should be going back and you should be, be taking a couple of days and reviewing your processes. Yeah. And saying like, okay, did I learn everything? Is something new? It's the natural evolution that we don't know what we don't know. So right. you're going to figure something out for your knowledge of today. And that's the best you can do. And in six months, it's a responsibility of you as the business owner to go back and go, okay, this is what I thought I was going to be doing six months ago. What's false now? What has right. changed? What have I learned? Like I made this decision back then. Maybe it worked, but can I now make a different decision because I've learned a bunch of information about operating in this way? Right, right, right. So how did you get into automating businesses? Uh, so I got into it, I think like most people, not automating businesses. Right? My business does not start <laughs> do, out doing what I do right. now. Yeah. Uh, I started doing face Facebook Messenger bots uh, about three years ago. Facebook Messenger bots had just kind of become a thing, and so I'm I'm an engineer, mechanical engineer background, and I've been the IT person for my family for as long as I can remember. I do everybody's computer stuff, so I saw Facebook Messenger bots, and I just thought the tech was really cool. It was a explain, new way of looking at communication. For those, for those who don't know, explain what that is. Facebook Messenger bots. Yeah. So we're all aware that you know a lot of times you can you can message people on Facebook. Well, a Messenger bot was Facebook opening up Messenger to companies, and kind of like a phone tree, but like the next evolution of that, allowing you to send a message to somebody's Facebook page, their company, and a bot would say back and say, "Hey, you know, thanks for getting in contact with us." You know. What are you looking to do? You know, do you want to have a call with somebody? Do you want to book an appointment or do you have a quick question? And right. you click a button and you could take somebody through a life cycle. And you know, mm -hmm. I remember seeing one that allowed you to book a plane ticket over Facebook Messenger by putting in the city and the time that you wanted to, and yeah. it would spit back options. Right. So really right. cool possibilities of what you could build out of that. And yeah, my engineering and tech mind got really excited about it. I was like, oh, that's really cool. I I've always hated the way that phone trees worked. And this is kind of a, an interesting application of it. So I was looking for something to start my business with and I, I was excited about it. So I said, okay, I'm going to start doing this. Realized very quickly that a key component of doing Facebook Messenger bots is writing copy, which as an engineer, I do very poorly. Uh, <laughs> what I write, it ends up like a lab report, right? There's bullet points. It's very clear and concise, but yeah. it doesn't really have the emotion and the connection that you want. It was not a skill set that I had learned through my career. I didn't need to. But what I was really good at was building that back end to have those sequences work and have really cool effects of you know pulling in information from someplace mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. And I would 
you know, have conversations with other people in the space and they go like, oh, wow, that's really cool. How'd you made that work? How'd you do that? And I'd be able to say, well, I did this and I did this. And they go, okay, cool. I get that. That's awesome. I can't do that. Will you build that for me? Yeah, go, yeah okay, cool. That, you know, that, awesome. I don't have to write copy, which is what I hate doing. I can't do that. You write all the copy and I'll just yeah. set up the bot for you and create the sequences. And then that conversation grew into other parts of the business because the natural evolution of that conversation would be like, hey, you did a really good job on this. I have this other thing that I'm doing. Do you think we could do something similar over here? And through having those conversations and having a, a, a need to, after every project, take a step back and go, okay, what did I enjoy? What did I not enjoy? What was yeah. I good at? What did I get done, but I really skated through, like I, I Googled a bunch of stuff on that and I figured out how to do it, but you know, I don't <laughs> want to do that again because that's not really what I need to do. Exactly. Right. I, I ended up in this space of having conversations with people about the operations of their business and the workflow that they're taking either a client through or their employees through and how we could meld that, that workflow with technology in a way that made a lot of sense to them. You know, mm -hmm. I got I got to build puzzles in my head, which I'm really good at, you know, seeing that 3D model of how everything is connected for a business inside my head. Right. And then having the ability to communicate with them in a way that they could understand as a non-tech person, as a business owner, you know, making relationships like, you know, the Lego block example, like finding things right. in common world that everybody understands that I say, okay, what you feel here is exactly what's happening in the tech background. So think of it like that. Yeah. And they could go, oh yeah, okay, I get it and, and move on. So it was just, it was kind of going through that journey. Yeah, I, that's sometimes that happens. It's just like, um, I never planned on coaching people. Like I know right. when I first started my business, I could not find somebody to help me. I didn't know, I knew how to do events. I've been doing events for 20 years at that point, but I didn't know how to run a business. So I didn't know how to price myself. I didn't know how to talk to a client. I didn't know what my form should look like. What should my contracts be? Like I knew nothing of that. And I was having a really hard time getting people to help me. I guess they felt threatened, but it's silly because unless you walk in someone's shoes 24 seven, there's just, it's impossible. So I always knew that at some point, someday I'd probably help somebody, but it just evolved. Somebody asked me like, I don't know, six, seven years ago, can you help me? I'm starting my business. And then I just started creating coaching programs. And then I just started coaching people. So I never said, okay, I'm going to have a coaching. Now I have 1500, over 1500 people in my Facebook group. And they're all looking to be, you know, start a business. So, you know, I have a little bit of thing going on there. I haven't really had enough time to kind of focus it because I've been so busy with events. <laughs> but I'm getting back in in December. I'm excited to uh, to get back in there and kind of do that piece because I love to teach. So you just never know. Um, yeah. So if somebody is thinking of, you know, I know like specifically, and I want to get into later a little bit of here, um, what, who's your ideal client? I want to talk about that. But if they're just starting their business, what's just a simple way to get this started? What, sh how should they just get started on this? Yeah, so if you're just starting out, I'd say automate the things that you can talk through in your sleep, right? right. So if you're just starting out, you should not build automation on day one. Because on day two, you're going to be doing it differently and it's going to be wasted effort. Yeah, exactly. But in three months, I can guarantee that there are going to be a couple things that if somebody called you up and said, hey, this broke, what do I do? 
you could rattle off to them, oh, you do this, 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 right. and this, right? right. You're, and that at that point, your process is stable. You've figured out a way to operate your business. When you get to that point, that's when you take a step back and go, okay, what can I automate out of this, right? right? And again, it can be as something as simple as I have a lead form and I want to dump all of my leads into a Google sheet. So in three months, I can start looking at you know where I get my leads from, how many leads do I get a week? How many leads do right. I get a month? Right. Start building out that data. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be a big sequence of events. Just start recognizing those moments where you go, ah, I've been doing this the same way for the last three months. And right. it's wasting 30 minutes of my day all day long. There's got to be a better way. Those are the things that you can then start going, okay, I'm going to automate this out and remove right. those from your focus points. So you can continue to just you know make those tiny little shifts yeah back and forth and focus on right. what you're doing that's growing your business right and you can do that with your marketing right so yep. marketing can feel super overwhelming that's something i teach because i'm all over the place marketing um and consistent you have to be consistent you might feel like nobody's watching but they are watching and they do you know they'll see you but you have to be consistent and i say it all the time you can't just throw something out there and expect it to get business so mm -hmm. um you know i do it constantly so you can system put systems in place or automate your marketing system and then like what happens when you get a, when somebody calls you a client i'm speaking to event people at this point because that's my world. But when they call you and want to talk to you, what is what happens after that call, right? When you're on the call and then what do you do after the call and the proposals and then you, you know, all right. that system in place. Um, and, you know, look, I don't think I put my system, I don't think I did an automated system. Like we wrote it out until a few years into my business because I was still trying to figure it out. It takes time to figure it all out. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I think it, it just takes time, but, yeah. um, why is hiring a new employee, a good analogy for automating your business? Because your mental process is shockingly similar to hiring a new employee as when you're thinking about automation. Mm -hmm. right? So when you hire a new employee, you have a set number of tasks that you think that you're going to want them to do. You're going to go out and you're going to find somebody who can perform those tasks and then when you bring them into your company, you're not going to just dump them on the on their desk and say, okay, get to work, have fun. Right? There's going to be a little bit of training. There's going to be onboarding. You're going to get them familiar with the other systems. You're going to get them familiar with the other people that they may be interacting with. You're going to take them through this process to make the most out of that new employee. Mm -hmm. And automation, you should be thinking about the same way, right? I, I want to automate these five or four or five different things. Same thing right. of what you're trying to hire somebody for. Okay, these four or five things, I'm using Asana, I'm using Pipedrive, and I'm using ActiveCampaign. Are those the best programs to complete those five things? Maybe I need to you know, swap out Asana for uh, Trello, or maybe I need to add in a fifth program, right? What yeah. are the, the pieces that I need to pull in to complete those five steps? And then you know, this gets back to you know, talking about getting employees comfortable with the automation. You're not going to just build this thing, not think about it and plop it on the desk and turn it on and go, okay, run with it. Cause all you're going to do is get errors and you're going to create one problem from another. Right. You're going to go through a process of, okay, this is how it's working. We're going to test this. We're going to involve the people who it's going to affect. We're going to get their input. 
once we get their input, we're going to build it. We're going to validate that everything works. And then once they're trained, right, once the automation is trained in that analogy, then we're going to flip it on and then we're going to let it run and we're not going to have to give it as much attention as we do at the very beginning. Right, right. So we- I've used many, I'm sorry, were you going to say something else? Well, I was just going to say, so we're, we're following those same steps, right? And we're yeah. very used to hiring employees at this point. So it's a great, you know, again, analogies. It's a great way to start thinking about a process and a proper way for taking this thing that might be really foreign to us and presenting it in a way that, you know, oh yeah, I've done that, right? Yeah. We've hired an employee. That makes sense. All right. Just treat it like an employee. You'll be fine. Yeah. And I've also, that's why I also like to have anybody coming in, if they have, I've seen the process for years, right? Mm-hmm. I've been in it. And if there's a better way to do it or an easier way to do it, I'm open to learning what that is. If that's something that, cause you know, everybody has different ways of doing stuff. And so we think, oh, that that's a good idea. I can, I can take that. So I'm always open to, you know, what they have to say and, and bringing new systems in or, or processes in. So, um, um, what, how do I know if something can be automated? Yeah, so it's it's probably one of the more challenging things that you might have to figure out, especially if you're you're starting out and you know it's like ah, if I could do this, this would be great, but I have no idea, right? I have no, no. framework for this. So, you know, probably the easiest way for you to start that is uh, go to Zapier or Integramat, right? two of the biggest automation programs out there right now, and just search for your program. If you search for their program, your program in Zapier or Integromat, it's going to give you a list of all the things that it's going to do. And it's going to be in words you can understand, mm-hmm. right? If you look in Pipedrive, it's going to say create contact or create new deal. If you look in Asana, it's going to say create task or assign task to this person, mm-hmm. right? And start matching up those things that it does with your own workflow. And you can start to build out an understanding of, is this pie in the sky ideas Mm -hmm. or is there something here yeah i i've used base camp i've used i'm using asana for my i use that for my coaching program because i have a whole virtual team that helps me with it because it's a big deal um and then um but i have to be honest the basic Google Docs, and yep. it's an email and text messaging. We have used, um, uh, what's the other text messaging? Slack, but I can't find things in Slack. It gets lost and I get confused. <laughs> and so I am all about the email and text messaging if we're, you know, if it's something quick and we have to, but everything has to go in email because it's the only way I can track things. It's the only way I can keep up. So you know, it's, it's funny because I, like, again, I've done so many other systems, but I always seem to fall back to the, 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 I don't know, the way things have been going on for a long time. So, you know, the the next evolution of that question is, you know, well, what programs do I use? Is this program going to, you know, work well for my automation long-term? And for me, it always gets back to the idea that the best program for you is the one that you're going to use. It's the one you're it does use. you no good to add in a base camp or a Slack yeah. into your process. Monday. Because, I think there's oh, one what, Monday or something. Right. Oh, I can automate all these cool things and you don't use it. It, it, yeah. it. If Google documents and email and text messages is what works for you, yeah. then that's what works for you. There is no you know dogma out there that says you have to use these programs to do this. Yeah. It's find the ones that work best for you and use them unapologetically. Those are the ones right. you like, 
those are the ones you use and that makes it the best for you. The one that I really like recently is Loom and where you mm -hmm. can, you know, you can share your screen and then talk about what you want. If you need to explain something to someone or, and it's really great. My team does it. They, they're always like, this is what I created. This is what we do. Yeah, I love Loom. Steps that need to, Loom is great. So if you guys are L-O-O-M, it's really a great way to, to do like a live little video and show your screen and then send it off to your, you know, whoever, you know, like they send it to me and I do it for them. So um, it's really great. So, um, so I get uh, information overload when I think about automation. How do I focus on what will have the most impact on my business? Yeah, this gets back a little bit to the goalposts that I was talking about and yeah. those pain points. So if, if you're swimming in ideas, if you're swimming in like, oh my God, I, I just, I got so much going on. Go back to those principles of looking for 1% change, setting your goalposts and focus on the pain points that are front of mind. Mm -hmm. Because part of the problem of when we're in that space is if, if you're trying to think about all this stuff and I asked you what your name was, there's a high likelihood that you might have to go, hold on one second. I got to finish this thought and I'll answer you, right? <laughs> you, you literally have no brain capacity left yeah. to pull in anything else because you're trying to do so much, right. which means one of those things that you're trying to think of is taking up the bulk of your resources, right? There, there is something that's going on that is overloading everything else. Yeah. And that's going to be the first thing, you know, if you always play the game, you know, if I say a word, say the first thing that comes to your mind, right? Like if you could not do one thing, what's the first thing that comes to your mind and then work on that first. Yeah. Right? If you're overloaded, you, you have to start to remove some of those influences. Think about it. Like if you're filling up a bathtub with a bunch of water and I pull the drain plug on you, but there's so much water coming into the bathtub and the drain plug can't get enough out, your right. bathtub's still gonna fall, fill up, right? If I'm taking out a gallon of water out of the drain, but I'm dumping in five gallon pails right. into it, bathtub is still getting filled up. Yeah. So find those things that can make it so that, you know, you're only putting a gallon of water into your bathtub again. At least you can, you know, start to chip away at that. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're feeling overwhelmed, you definitely need to figure out like how not to feel overwhelmed, right. and, you know, take it off your plate. If you're trying to think about too many things, I say this all the time. Um, if you're, if you don't write it down or get it out of your brain, it's, you're going to feel overwhelmed. So mm -hmm. having those systems in place or the, that automated system in place is super important. I can't stress that enough. So this is such great information. So tell me who your ideal client is. Yeah. So yeah. My ideal client is about mid six figures, which means that you, you have some processes in place. You've found a business that works for you. And I find that at that point, you're starting to approach that level where just human hours and human input is starting to not be enough, right? Yeah. If you haven't automated already, you really are starting to think about, oh, I, I need to really automate a bunch of my business because- if I don't, my only option is to grow my team by 30%. And right. that's not what I'm interested in, right? So you're you're at that point where you need to add to your toolkit and automation is a, a great tool to add. 
Yeah, for sure. And it's, you must be, if you're at that point and you haven't automated, you must be so overwhelmed. Right. Because, yeah, it, you know, it's, I mean, that's horrible. That's stressful. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm saving the day for sure. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm looking for people who are at that point and who are willing to, you know, looking for that next toolkit and are looking for somebody to learn with, somebody who can, you know, give them a, a new way to, use what's available to them yeah I tell people a lot you know you can build a house with a hammer and you can also tear it down and yeah. i think a lot of times when we think about automation the possibility of tearing down our business that we've just finally got to this point and we we're trying to get to the next level and we look at it and go oh th this could be destruction waiting to happen it's really yeah. scary yeah for you know, sure. if you're looking to use the hammer the right way you know that i want to be talking with you and helping yeah. you Learn so what any, is it any industry or what's your sweet spot with your industries? My sweet spot is service-based industries. Okay. All right. Great. Yeah. That's awesome. And so how do we find you? So you can find me on LinkedIn at Richard Schnitzel Jr. A great way to get in contact with me. You can send me a direct message there. And okay. my website is also richardschnitzel.com. Okay, great. I still love your last name. It's awesome. It makes <laughs> me <you>. hungry. <laughs> it makes me want to eat. So thank you so much. This has been such great information. And thank you guys all for joining us. I'm so happy that you're here. And uh, we'll be back soon. We're in the middle of a couple more weeks. I have a couple big, a wedding and a, a dental festival coming up. Uh, if you're in the dental industry, follow me and you can, should come and join us in um, Florida because it's going to be a really, really amazing event. So thank you so much, Rich. I really appreciate it. And I'll see you guys soon, okay? Thanks for having me. Take care. All right.